Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I want to just point this out, that there are times when we won't do what God says do, and we're saying, God, well, I want to do it this way. There's times where God will say, you know what, go ahead. It's called the permissive will of God. It's not what God stated at first. It's not what God told them at first. It's after them whining and complaining and finagling and this and that. God said, fine, fine. If you need to send some spies and send the spies in, fine. If that's what you guys need. But we're going to see that that proves to be terrible for them. In today's message, Pastor Bill will share with you about God's permissive will. The will of God is that which God has set in place for someone. But sometimes we might not want to listen to God's will for our lives. God's will is uncomfortable, unknown, and out of our control, and so much more. And sometimes, if we gripe and complain enough, God could say, all right, do it your way. This is God's permissive will. He allows us to try it for ourselves, and when we inevitably mess up, we can come back to Him. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers, chapter 13, for today's edition of A Transforming Word. I'm going to read that one more time, verses 1 and 2. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send out or send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel, from which, I'm sorry, from each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. A couple things here. We're going to go into Deuteronomy chapter 1 in just a moment. um, Because I read this and I think if God has said, I'm giving you the land, it's yours. And... Wherever you go, wherever your foot goes, I'm going to give you victory. If God's already kind of promised him, and even in the first, you know, two, he says, which I am giving to the children of Israel. God's already stated that I'm giving it to you. Why do we need to go spy it out for? Where did that come from? And if you're writing notes, write down Deuteronomy chapter one. I'm going to read you verses 19 to 24. and We'll see where the idea, the, 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 where the idea came to go spy it out. It's a little different in Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 19 to 24, it says, So we departed from Horeb and went through all the great and terrible wilderness which you saw on the way to the mountains of the Amorites, as the Lord our God had commanded us. Then we came to Kadesh Barnea, and I said to you, You have come to the mountain of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you. Do not fear or be discouraged. So this is initially what happened. Moses says, this is the land, guys. Do you see it? This is what God's given us. Let's go. It was like a battle cry. Let's go get it. And look at what happens in verse 22. And every one of you came near to me saying, let us send men before us and let them search out the land for us and bring back word to us. By uh, of the way by which we should go up and of the cities in which we shall come. And it says, the plan pleased me well. So I took 12 of your men, uh, one man from each tribe, and they departed and went up into the mountains and came to the valley of Eshcol and, and spied it out. So initially, Moses just said, let's go. And it says, every one of them came to him saying, no, 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 let's don't, Moses, we don't want to go. Well, let's just send some other guys to go. And they probably said it just like that. Let's just send some other people to go and look and spy it out. And and then we'll see what we're going to do. And Moses, it says, Moses said, and this pleased me well. 
So as you come near the numbers, I just want to give you the full picture. I believe that they shouldn't have sent spies. I believe they should have just went. And even though you read it here and it says the Lord, the Lord went ahead and went with what they wanted. It says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, go ahead and send the spies or whatever. I want to just point this out, that there are times when we won't do what God says do. And we're saying, God, well, I want to do it this way. There's times where God will say, you know what, go ahead. It's called the permissive will of God. It's not what God stated at first. It's not what God told them at first. It's after them whining and complaining and finagling and this and that. God said, fine, fine. If you need to send some spies and send the spies in, fine. If that's what you guys need. But we're going to see that that proves to be terrible for them. They're going to go and send spies. They should have just went battle ready to go take the land. But they sent spies and that's not going to work out real well for them. So I would challenge us with this, that when there are things that God has clearly stated already. It's already a stated fact. God wants me to do this or that God doesn't want me to do that, that I wouldn't be going back to God looking for a God. Can I, I kind of want my way and your way. Like, I want to do what you want to do, Lord, but I want to do it my way. Um, because the, sometimes what God will do is say, you know what? Go ahead. Do it your way. I'm going to let you learn some lessons. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you bump your head. Um, and, and you need to understand that God will allow that at times. There is something called the permissive will of God. You can see throughout scripture where people didn't take the A plan of God, they took the B plan, but no one's plan is ever better than his plan. Amen. And so they send out, they're going to send out spies. From uh, There's going to be a leader from each of the 12 tribes that's raised up and sent out to go and to spy out the land. Okay, before we go to verses 3 through 16, we're going to read that whole chunk. I'm going to do my best with those names. I want to point this out before we go and read all of that, that even as God has brought Israel, he's he's brought them right to the brink of the promised land. And this has been the goal all along. When When he took them out of Egypt, he had in mind to bring them into this land of promise where God's people were going to be in this awesome land that was flowing with milk and honey where they were going to just live large. They were going to enjoy God's goodness, the fatness of the land. And God wanted to bring them to that. And I want to give the parallel because in the scriptures, when we look at Egypt, anybody know what is Egypt a type of in the scriptures? It's a type of the world. So when you look to Egypt, Egypt is symbolic of, in, in typology, it's a type of the world. So, um, so they were taken out of the world. God went, a complete act of God's grace. There wasn't anything that they did. It was all God moving on their behalf because he was merciful towards them, that God brought them out of bondage to the world, took them out of that. And so many of us, that's, the, that's our position as we come into a relationship with Christ. We didn't do anything to get saved. God did all the work according to his mercy and his grace. He brought us out of bondage to the world. He purchased us out of bondage to the enemy and we belong to him. So we're out of the world now. We're out of those things. We're in Christ. But now God says, now I brought you out of that because I want to take you into here. I, I didn't just bring you out to have you sitting in the desert. I brought you out that we're, we're, we're going from to. And what happened to them can happen to us and that God has brought us out and we're out. But now, so there wasn't anything we had to do to get out. God did it all. But now to go into, God said, now you're going to have to exercise some faith. 
You're going to have to trust me. You're going to take me at my word. You're going to have to believe me for some things. And so for many of us, God's wanting to take us further into him. He's wanting to take us into into the promised land. And the promised land of the Old Testament is symbolic in the New Testament. It's the spirit filled life. God's wanting to take us into that, a fullness, a fullness of him. The spirit filled life was to bring us to that place. But we got to trust him. We got to walk by faith and not by sight. And it's now there's some things that we're going to need to do. We're going to need to to obey God. We're going to need to step out in obedience in areas where, God, I can't see how this is going to work out. This doesn't make sense. What you're telling me to do, I can't figure it out. It doesn't work out on paper, but this this is how I'm going to get where you're taking me. It's how I get to the the land of, it's how I get to the promised land is by just obeying you radically. And so, and I look out and I believe that God, God has a word for us. And maybe there are people here tonight that God is saying, man, I want to, I want to do so much more with you. But I need you to trust me. I need you to obey me. I need you to learn from these guys' example. These are examples for us to learn from so that we don't make the mistakes that the people that went before us made. God didn't put this here for us to look at the Israelites and be like, man, they really messed up a lot. You know, God put this here that we can look at it and say, wow, how, what can I benefit? How can I learn from that so that my walk with God is benefited because of what I learned from their mistakes? And so God brought us out. But understand that he wants to take us. God didn't save you just so you could be saved. There's there's somewhere he's taken us. There's something more that he wants to do. There's more of him to explore, to experience, and to to enter into. And in order to enter into that, we're going to have to walk by faith. We're going to have to trust God beyond what our eyes can see. And so now I'm going to read this big chunk, verses 3 through 16 of all the names. And um, just... Follow with me. Go with me. Verse three. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Haran, according to the command of the Lord, all the men who were heads of the children of Israel. Now, these were their names from the tribe of Reuben, Shemua, the son of Zakur, from the tribe of Simeon, Shaphat, the son of Horai, from the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, from the tribe of Ishakar, Igal, the son of Joseph. From the tribe of Ephraim, Hoshea, Hoshea, the son of Nun. That's going to end up being Joshua. So if you mark your Bible and write in your Bible, that name right there, Hoshea, Hoshea, we're going to see when we get down to verse 16 that he gets renamed by Moses, Joshua. So just so you know who that is. Verse 9, from the tribe of Benjamin, Palti, the, the son of Rafu. From the tribe of Zebulun, Gadiel, the son of Sodi. From the tribe of Joseph, that is from the tribe of Manasseh, Gedai, the son of Susi. From the tribe of Dan, Amiel, the son of Gimiel, Gemeli. And from the tribe of Asher, Shether, uh, Shether, the son of Michael. From the tribe of Naphtali, Nabi, the son of Vopsi. And last one, from the tribe of Gad, Guel the son of Makai. These are the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Hoshea, the son of Nun, Joshua. So a couple things here. Um, there's 12, there's 12 tribes of Israel. There's one leader selected from each tribe. And God went through the trouble of naming them all right here. You guys are, some of you guys already know the story. You know that there are going to be 10 spies that bring back a bad report and two spies that bring back a more of a biblical or a positive report. Joshua and Caleb are going to be the spies that come back and say, let's go get this. Let's go. 
it's going to be the other 10 that come back saying, we can't do it. They're too big. They're going to be scared. So as I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you know, how come the names are mentioned? Why did it, I get to just say I picked 12 people, a leader from each tribe, but 10 of these guys go down in history. 10 of these men go down in histories as leaders who didn't lead well. They were selected. They were, you're the leader of your tribe. You get to represent your tribe. And they, in, in their representation, they didn't move out in faith. Their story begins and ends right here. We don't remember them anymore. There are two guys in the selection who they go on to do great things. Their names don't fall off right here in Numbers 13. We hear about them over and over again. One of them, Joshua has a book named after him. We'll, we'll get to that, you know, in, in the future or whatever. So I just want you to consider this with your life, right? Those that were believing the Lord, trusting the Lord and willing to step out and do great things for the Lord, they have more of a kingdom impact. They matter in the story of scripture. They matter. These other 10 that wouldn't believe God don't matter, right? They didn't do anything. And I want you to understand it's so easy when opportunity to serve or different things come up. It's so easy to be the person that says, I'm not sure that's going to work because of this. I don't think I should try that because this would go wrong. I don't think I should do it because of that. And you can come up with 25 million bazillion reasons why not. And people that get good at doing that never get good at anything. They just they get good at coming up with reasons not to. It's the people that say, you know what, it's 20 things might go wrong, but I'm going to go anyway and see what happens. It's those people that end up having kingdom impact. Um, and I'm not saying go do something stupid. Just say, I'm going to shoot God. I want to have a kingdom impact. So I'm going to run out on the freeway. I'm saying it's, these are things that God said do. So it's different. It's not just some random, you know, I had a weird thought after pizza at midnight kind of thought. God told us to do something. And I'm just radical enough, obedient enough, trust God enough to say, let's go do it. And let's see what God does. Yep, there are obstacles. Yes, there's things that could go wrong. Yep, it could flop. Yep, I could look bad. So many things could happen wrong, but I'll never know what God would do till I step out and see. And so I am encouraging us that if there, especially if there are things that God has been speaking, because to this group right here, God's been speaking. This is not new information. God's been telling them all along the way, guys, I'm going to take you to the promise. I'm going to take you to, I'm going to give you, I'm going to take you to this land that's flowing with milk. God's been telling them, it's like Christmas is coming. Some of you guys got kids and they're maybe excited and you're telling them about different. God's been telling them all along the way, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to take you to this place. And now they're there. God's promise is on it and they're not going to want to go get it. They're going to have a hard time just saying, I trust God and I'm willing to move forward and go and see what God wants to do. And so now look with me at um, next little section here. Look at verses 17 through 20. It says, then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way into the south and up to the mountain and see what the land is like. Now, listen to all these things that he tells them to check out, because I, I don't ever hear God say do this, but Moses says do it. I don't know. I don't think it's a good idea. I don't like it. So listen to all these things. Moses tells them to go check out. See what the land is like. Rather, the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many. Rather, the land they dwell in is good or bad. Rather, the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds. Rather, the land is rich or poor. And rather, there are forests there or not. Then he says, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So if God said, go into the land that I'm giving you and go, at, go get it. I want you to come back and just think about this. 
Does it matter? All the things. Does it matter if the people that dwell are strong or weak? If God said, go get it. Does it matter? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if the people are few or many. If God said he's giving it to you, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if the land they dwell in is good or bad. That's a dumb question. God already said the land flows with milk and honey. So that's not even a good question. You shouldn't even be asking that question. If God said, go get that land right there, I'm giving it to you and it flows with milk and honey. You shouldn't be sending out a group to say, hey, go, go see if what God said is true. Go see if it really flows with milk and honey. But God allows them to do this, but it does backfire. Um, they're going to check behind. Rather, the land is good. Rather, it's 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 got you know good ground. Rather, the cities are they inhabit are like camps or strongholds. Rather, the land is rich or poor, and rather they're forced or not. And then, this is probably the one thing that's positive. Bring back some of the fruit. God said this land is just flowing with you know milk and honey. We'll talk about that. So bring back some of the fruit. It's the it's the time of the first ripe grapes. That was probably the only thing he said that I think would have been good. Go bring back some of the fruit and show them. Look, 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 guys, look at the fruit that God is waiting for us over there. That's the only thing that they did that I thought was a positive, was a good thing. So once again, to you and to me, when God has spoken on an issue, do we need to investigate further? Do we need to send out a search team? Do we need to crunch numbers or do we need to just go? I think sometimes in our information age and our, you know, we're just in an age where people get on the internet, check out everything. Let me go online and Google that. Mess them, check that out. Blah, 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 blah. Just spend time investigating everything. It, it, it can kind of wreck us for being people that walk by faith and not by sight because there's so much to see. There's so much sight. Um, there, there'd be people that God's calling them to go to an area. You can go on Google Earth and see the area and zoom down on it and figure it out. I mean, we got so many options today that we can investigate, we can look into things, we can check them out. And God says, I just want you to walk by faith. I just want you to go when I say go. When I say go, I want you just to get up and go. I want you to run. I want you to go do what I tell you to do. And so I, I am challenging us not to be reckless, but to be people that walk by faith. There, there's a difference. You know, reckless is just, you know, just, I think reckless is just doing random stuff that you think, you know, might be a good idea. But when God has spoken and there are things that God has spoken, there are things that God will speak to us personally that don't make sense, that don't work out on paper, that don't add up. And as you step out to do it, you're going to see how God's going to work it out. But you got to just start going to see how God's going to work it out. Here, there's 12 representatives for each group. And again, I think Moses is kind of crumbled under the pressure just just a chapter ago, his own brother and sister came against him. Maybe maybe he's maybe he's in his feelings about that. I don't know. But Moses succumbs and he says, you know, guys, let's check all these things out as though it would matter. Right. It's kind of like this. If uh, as a parent, if you sing your child, if you say, I want you to go do daughter. I want you to go do the dishes, um, you know. I don't think you would appreciate if she came back and said, okay, mom, well, what kind of dish soap do we have? And um, is, do we have plenty of hot water right now? And, um, you know, how many dishes are there? Are we going to eat any more today? Because maybe I should wait until they're all done. If, if, if your kid came with a list like this, do them dishes. You know, we, we, you don't want to hear 12 things that you're going to investigate. I just said do the dishes. Go do them. Because I said do them. And we have to remember that God is our father, is our heavenly father. And sometimes... We want to run all these checks and God says, I, I, I'll, I'll allow it because I'm gracious and I'm merciful, but it would please me 
if you would just walk by faith. God gives allowance for these things. He gave Gideon the allowance. Lord, well, if it's really you and it's really you mean it, then I'm going to put the fleece out and let that side be dry and that side be wet. And God did it. And he came back and said, okay, God, well, if it's really you, then I'm going to do it the other way around. And I want you to let the, the ground be wet and the thing be dried. Then I'll know it's you. And, and, and God, God did that. God, God gave him that. Uh, he gave him those, those chances. He let him get confirmation. But Hebrew says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So God's I, I, what pleases me is when my kids just trust me. I say, go, you just start moving. And you see that in Acts. You see in Acts where there are people that God just said, go. Philip, leave this jamming ministry and go to the desert. Er, Philip's on his way to the desert. Philip, you see that chariot? Run and catch up with the chariot. And he's exerting himself and running and catching up with the chariot. And he gets there and he shares with the Ethiopian eunuch and leads him to Christ and baptizes him in the puddle. And God does a miracle and catches him away. That was just immediate obedience. He didn't have time to run a check. He, Lord, that, that chariot? You want me to run? Are you going to send me a car? I mean, wait here and see if maybe God's going to send me a vehicle. He just started going. When God said go, he went. And that's how come he experienced the miraculous of the Lord. So I believe for us, too, we're going to experience the miraculous of the Lord. going to be people that trust him, people that are walking by faith, um, that God's in a position where he's got to show up. He has to work. Moving on now. Look at verse. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The end of verse 20. I want to point that out. He says, be of good courage. And bring back some of the fruit. I just want to point out that throughout scripture, no one that is not afraid is ever told to be of good courage. So whenever there's the phrase be of good courage it's because the people that it's spoken to are afraid. They're not of good courage. So the people are scared. That's why they want all these checks. That's why the whole group were like. Well, instead of us going, let's just send a group. Let's send, pick a leader for me. Let's send some people to go for us. We don't all have to go yet. Let's make sure it's safe first. And that's, that's what they're essentially doing. Let's make sure it's okay. We want visual confirmation that it's safe and okay before we go. And they sent the leaders to go out and to get that confirmation for them. They're not, they're not of good courage. They're scared. Anybody here tonight? Scared. Afraid fearful of something God has told you to do. If that's you, this is what you could pray, right? If you say, you know what, I, I, God's told me to do something, but I'm fearful. That's, that's, that's okay. It happens. You just don't want to be, you don't want fear to stop you. It's okay to feel fear, but it's wrong to let fear control you. Anybody that's ever done something great for God has been afraid at some point. But it's just you step over it anyway. You go anyway. Even though you, you do it even though you're afraid. You, you overcome the fear by faith and obedience. And so if you're afraid, that's okay. But if you find that fear is hindering you, that's not okay. And there's uh, in the Gospels, I believe it's, Mar- it's in Mark's Gospel, there was a guy with a demon-possessed son. And, um, you know, he was convulsing and, and all these things. And he came to Jesus. And Jesus said, if you believe, anything is possible. And the guy said, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's a great prayer. He said, Lord, I, I'm, I'm not going to front. I do believe. But I know that in my belief, there's still some unbelief. I need help. Can you can while I'm believing, can you help me in my unbelief? The part of me that doesn't believe all the way. It was a prayer. Lord, would you help me with that? And if you find that, you know what? I believe I trust God, but I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this thing right here. Then you pray. God, help me. Help me with that. Yeah, you, we serve a merciful God. He's so merciful. He's so understanding. He's so kind, but he does want us to grow and to get to these things. So moving on, look at verses, um, verses 21 
through 24. It says, so they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness, wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron, um, 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 Ahiman, Shishai, and Talmai, the descendants of Anak, were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. You've been listening to another edition of A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Thanks for tuning in. The book of Numbers, well, it has a lot of numbers, but there's much more in this book than that. During their long, drawn-out journey, the Israelites' faith in God is tested. In return, these wayward people test God's patience towards them, but God remains faithful and true in looking out for His chosen people. When you think about it, it's no different today. People disobey and test God's patience, while they also endure hardships and challenges that they wouldn't have desired. But in all, God remains faithful through and through. If you missed any part of this series in the book of Numbers, you can hear these messages by going to CalvaryInglewood.org. A Transforming Word is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. If you're ever in the Inglewood area, we'd like to meet you. Our service times are on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you're unable to visit in person, we stream our services online. For more information, such as directions and links to media pages, just visit CalvaryInglewood.org. Again, that website is CalvaryInglewood.org. Thanks for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of Numbers, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. You might be surprised by how things in this book might apply to the very things you're working through in your own life. So be sure to join us again to hear and be challenged by a transforming word.